Hey everyone, welcome back to Roll for Enterprise. And this week and next week and the week after that is all reinvent. And the week after that, yeah. So all the way until Christmas, probably. I don't know. I, it turns <laughs> out it would be a lot less stressful just to be in Vegas and get on with it instead of this trying to do a virtual event spread out over three weeks. But hey, it is what it is because 2020 hates us. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really hope that I get to go to <laughs> back to the Venetian next year. So have you guys been trying to watch live? What have you been doing? Because I've been watching for work, but uh, I'm not surprised if you not being forced to were able to get out of it. To be honest, I've only watched the summaries because why would I sit through something so long or read up on what's said? I think it's, yeah, it's just, I hate to say it, but too boring for me. Uh, what are you doing, Zach? Are you watching it? Uh, no, I'm catching up on the highlights of my morning news feeds and, and reading. Um, I quite honestly, not only do I not really have the time, but since it's over three weeks, it's really, um, it's a little more difficult. I actually prefer it to be, you know, three, four days and in Vegas. And then so you're done. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What I can recommend also for the listeners is Corey Quinn is doing an alternative re-Quinn vent. Uh, where he does these little videos, it's like 20 minutes uh, the morning after, and they recap uh, snarkily, as it says, won't, uh, what Amazon actually said the day before. So it's a good way to, to keep abreast of the announcements, uh, and it's a bit less dry than the actual Amazon announcement. If um, if we start from the, the, the big keynotes, Andy Jassy had his big keynote uh, the other day, and he starts out with a bunch of stats uh, just to set the stage. And there was one that jumped out that everyone's been talking about, that only 4% of total IT spend is in the cloud. Now, I think we'd all broadly agreed that cloud is still the minority of IT spending, because there's a bunch of stuff that's on-prem that's there that's not ready to move yet, and is consuming probably the majority of the budget. But I wouldn't have thought it was that out of kilter, and lots of people on Twitter seem to be in the same position as me. What do you guys think? Is is it really 4% to 96? Or is that Amazon trying to get out from under the antitrust canon? It, I don't know if it's Amazon trying to get out of the antitrust canon or, you know, I, I think they see cloud differently as, as everybody else. You know, I would, I would challenge them to define what they mean by cloud, right? Because there were some statements where they're challenging like, uh, Microsoft's total spend, and why? Because, uh, oh, some of it is licensed or Office 5, that's not, you know, I, I bet you they wouldn't consider that really cloud, right? So if you're thinking about cloud being like server and infra, yeah, it's a small piece of the total spend of everything you're doing, of course. So, you know, is cloud going to be, you know, it's going to be like relatable. So, yeah, okay, 4% four, 4% is right if you look at it that way. Yeah, and this is really tough to discern. We've talked about this. So are they counting on-prem? Uh, you know, if you look at Microsoft, they do it. You know, they count Azure Stack on-prem as cloud. Uh, is Outpost counted as cloud? I'm sure it does. But, you know, 4%. If it is 4%, don't we have another problem right now? I mean, we're, we're 10, 10 plus years in. If it's 4%, uh, that could be worrisome. I, I mean, do you really think that we're still at the very beginning of cloud? I don't. It's a good question. And that kind of leads into his point where he's also attacking Oracle. And Oracle is not, and with all due respect, Oracle is not a player in cloud. Uh, they only have some captive business that they've moved there kind of forcibly. They, they're not really a, a player in the sense that you would seriously choose between, 
oh, should I go with Amazon, Azure, Google Cloud, or Oracle? I don't think anyone's making that choice. On the other hand, they have huge revenues from on-prem. But I don't think it's that 96%. I don't think it's that distorted. It's it's funny to watch them go after Oracle, right? And I think amongst the, you know, and I'll I'll put my... um, I'll speak for some CIOs out there. Among CIOs, I mean, Oracle is is not well-liked with some for the simple reason that their arrogance, the way of handling customers, it's it's not really uh, kind of customer-friendly. I mean, you'll Let you'll me audit your, your fractional virtual CPUs. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I mean, and, and, and I mean, okay, there are CIOs who love them. So, you know, everybody bashing Oracle is, is kind of normal because, you know, I, I've said it before, the three big players are Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. They're each going to go after the infrastructure that's on-prem right now to move into it, and they're not going to really compete with each other. But Oracle has a big part of that you know, space that they want to take over. So, of course, you can hit at Oracle because it's, it's not like Oracle is going to punch back in a, in a meaningful way. Uh, the bigger surprise was the punches towards Microsoft. I think that is, I mean, you don't want to wake up the sleeping giant, right? And, and that, that was shocking to me, I think. Yeah, Slack found out when they welcomed them with a New York Times ad and then regretted it later. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 like Amazon is picking up this this, this arrogance. I, I don't I don't get where it's coming from because they, they are bigger, but you know, you, you could end up in trouble real fast. Well, aren't they in the wrong place? I mean there's so many things to talk about with this. So you know, it's first of all, there are 500, you know, uh, plus, you know, product names. And I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know exactly how many there are as of. Yeah, it could be, it could that be, was it just could the be number thousand. announced in the keynote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, is that 200, like. 250 will be shut off next week. So don't don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, it's it's almost like, yeah, well, I, I don't know. We're going to try to go after everything. And then going after Microsoft, that's a compliment to Microsoft. Look, Microsoft doesn't play this game. They just execute. They go out and they execute and they do a damn good job of it. I also think is. You know, there's still an identity crisis. How dare I say that for AWS, right? But I feel like there is an identity crisis. Look at all these products. Look at everything else. Are you a DevOps cloud? Because you are, in my opinion. And Microsoft is actually solving some some real problems for customers. I mean, their Office suite, they're to me, they're more of a, a SaaS offering, more so than a DevOps type offering. So what do you want to do, AWS? And what market are you going after? And I almost feel as though they're in the situation when their products aren't fully baked. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying they don't work, but if you you leverage their version of their collab tools, for example, uh, they leave a lot to be desired. So are you focused on that? Or are you just kind of get something that's you know good enough out the door and good enough times a thousand? I, I think there's so many issues with AWS. Again, people are going to blast me. I know everybody seems to love AWS, but I'm not jumping on this bandwagon. I think very few people like AWS full stop. Most people like one, two things that AWS does that is relevant for them. And Corey Quinn, to name him for the second time, uh, he always says, Amazon is very customer focused. Just because a thing isn't for you, it doesn't mean it isn't for someone. And that there's no one who uses all of AWS, but everyone uses some part or could use some part of AWS. That's his angle. Well, what what kind of business model is that then? I mean, that's if throw that's stuff against angle, the wall, I, see what sticks. Yeah. So or is that sustainable? more politely iterate fast? Mm. Is that sustainable, Mike? I, I don't. You know, it's 
It's a land grab right now. I mean, that's what they're going after, right? They want to hook you in. They want to get you, get your credit card. You're in there. And then it's harder to leave. And once you're in the ecosystem, then you will start to look at what else can I do here? You know, it's the, it's the same. I mean, Microsoft, to some extent, is doing the same, right? I mean, look at their offerings. They continue to up the offerings. They continue to integrate more and more. And it's because... I, you know, I don't want you to go to AWS and AWS doesn't want you to go to Microsoft and they want you to keep you there. So, you know, offer more and more of what people are asking for. Let's try to get them. And then and then as they start using a product, try to push them another way. So it, it is part of like their retention strategy. Uh, you know, is it sustainable? I, I think right now they're they're fighting for all the business they can get and and growth. You know, did you did you notice how how they're looking at numbers? I mean, Andy Jazzy really kind of defended the percentage growth of because they keep saying that, yeah, Amazon, you know, or Microsoft and Google are growing faster than Amazon and Amazon, the growth is slowing down. OK, and in relative terms, those percentages are, yeah, you know, they might be growing more in terms of revenue, AWS. But eventually, if if your competitors growing at 40 percent, you're only growing at, at 10 and that continues to happen time over time. Eventually, that forty percent catches up, and, and and you get swallowed. And I, you know, I think they're missing the point and and trying to manipulate numbers and tell us how big they are. So exactly. again, arrogance. It's arrogance. It's it, there's a lot of arrogance there. There you go. There's the answer to the four percent number, right? Hey, we're not growing as fast, but there's only a tad of. You know, four percent. That's that's early adopted cloud, which yeah, I disagree with. Well, how about technically? I mean, what, are we uh, anybody impressed with some of the technical announcements or some of the technology announcements and enhancements and features? Uh, Dominic, you've been actively participating or um, listening. What do you think? I mean, to be honest, I've been following with a very self-interested work-related hat on. Uh, so I've been following the database stuff pretty closely, everything else less so. So if you ask me about the details of whether SageMaker Data Wrangler is really relevant in that market, I honestly could not tell you. Um, on the database side, and the, the thing that's been making most waves has been this new product, Babelfish, uh, or Babelfish, as some of the Amazon people call it. So what this is... If you are a Microsoft SQL Server or Squeal Server user, then you have to write in this particular dialect, which is T-SQL, uh, which is proprietary to SQL Server. So your app is kind of stuck using SQL Server. You can't easily swap in another backend. What Amazon have released is this translation layer so that you can point your existing T-SQL app at the Babelfish endpoint and it will translate those calls into Amazon Aurora, which is their Postgres uh, cloud database as a service. And the way they're pitching this is that you wouldn't use this long term because you know going through a translation layer is probably not uh, the best performance you can get. But you use it as part of a migration play so you don't have to do the big bang thing. And this is kind of a shot across the bows for Microsoft because those have been captive users for them. Uh, not necessarily in any negative sense, but it's just a lot of efforts to swap out a database. You won't do it unless either you really, really have to, or you're doing a bunch of other things anyway that mean you're going to re-architect the entire app. So that's kind of back to what we were saying before. This is where Microsoft lives, the, the on-premise SQL Server users that they've been slowly, quietly, gradually converting to Azure options. And now Amazon is making a very determined play for them I'm very curious to see what the reaction in Redmond will be. 
You, you know, but this is, again, kind of their strategy of chipping away, right? Yeah. So people will start to use Babelfish and then slowly, hey, there's value here. Hey, maybe they're doing something better. Let's try to use Aurora. And now you start to to really take away at at the secret. Oh, absolutely. Share. They were very, very explicit that that's the plan. That they'll get people using Aurora, and people will love Aurora, and then everything new will be built on Aurora exclusively. Aurora, exactly. So it's not it's not such a bad strategy. Um, but don't think that Microsoft's gonna sit there and say like, oh, no one's gonna move away from from SQL, and we're just gonna let that happen. I, I mean, I, I think the Microsoft under Satya is really different than the Microsoft under um, what's his name, the the post CEO, uh, Mr. Basketball now, Bulmer. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Developers, so I think developers, developers. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I, I, it's a very different Microsoft. So I, I think they got to get ready for the counterpunch, and I, I think you know. I don't know if it was smart for AWS to take that first punch at Microsoft, but I think the gloves are dropped now. We have two behemoths in the ring. I think Google get left behind at this point, and um, yeah, they're they're fighting for who's going to be part of the new world order. Is is the feeling I get here? Yeah, they explicitly said we have this competitor across the lake. Uh, there was no doubt left that this was what they were going after. Yeah, and then you have AWS announcing some edge, you know, again, on-prem uh, solutions. It seems like more and more every year with reInvent, there's more and more on-prem, as they call it, on-prem cloud uh, solutions. So are they also just becoming a traditional hardware as well? I mean, what's what's going on here? Is this still cloud? I know we talked about this, but, you know, this AWS panorama at the edge. I think it's the same thing. They're, they're trying to be just enough for existing applications, existing infrastructure choices, but their bid is that long-term, everything new will be built in the cloud. And it's not a bad play. I mean, lots of lots of people are doing that kind of thing. They're saying, you know, you build the Greenfield apps with us and over time, the, the old stuff will just wither away as it gets re-architected. Amazon is the only one, I think, who's really making a coherent play for will also take on that legacy pain for you, at least for this transition period. How is the selling motion, uh, Mike, as a customer, how are they selling to you, for example, with all these different solutions they have under their umbrella? I mean, I wonder how they're reaching the right audience. Uh, it's, I'm just curious, Mike. I mean, are they positioning to you? How are they selling to you all these different solutions? Well, I'm not really having any discussions at AWS. I mean, I get the same type of uh, creepy inbox emails that I get from from other <laughs> vendors. So it's pretty much the same. I hate to say that, but it, it is. And and I mean, look, uh, we're we're a Microsoft shop, and we don't have much Azure um, AWS. I mean, but we do have some AWS in there because you, yeah, naturally there are some things that work better there, but. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that they're positioning themselves any better, but I don't know that I'm their audience. I, I think the developers are still their audience. I think they want mm. um, uh, higher up execs to be their audience, but they're not there. And and that's what they're trying to to make happen, isn't it? And and I, and it's a hard pivot now. It's a hard pivot now because the, the geeks want somebody to pay attention, but it I don't know that it's going to happen that way. So, so listen to what you're saying. Uh, Microsoft is probably solving some problems for you with their maybe Office 365 solutions, their voice solutions. I'm sure maybe some of their security solutions. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. And and I'm not sure AWS, if, they, if they're still going after the developers, I don't think that's a win-win. The thing is, if you're going after new business, I mean, keep in mind that what Amazon believes, like Amazon believes that um, companies are not forever and 
you know, they're trying to build a forever company, right? That's the overall Bezos theme. And if you think about it, I mean, why should they be going after some of these older companies if they believe they're going to die? I mean, they want to go after some of the newer companies, the startups, and then and then everything takes off from there. And Microsoft has a different uh, viewpoint and, you know, their existing customer base. I think we speak about kind of the email suite uh, story, right? Every new company is on, on Gmail, but companies that are on like Microsoft Outlook seem to have a more cohesive solution. And yes, I'll bash G Suite again, but, and I think their customer base is the G Suite users, um, to be honest, because those are the companies that are um, willing to take a chance and, and, and on the startup kind of uh, lane, right? I, I don't even know how to put that. But Well, maybe Jassy should have spoke about the four major outages in the last 12 months since the last reInvent. That might have been good and how they can solve those problems. <laughs> So that was noticeable. So I'm in a couple of discords as well that are trying to replicate the whole way track. And lots of people in the demo came up and said, so I'm going to provision my stuff in uh, US East 1. And the whole thing lit up. No! (laughs) 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 That is hilarious. Um, But yeah, I mean, to to a wider point, and this is something I've had kicking around in my head, and at some point I need to articulate it in a blog post. So maybe I'll use this moment to think it out aloud and you guys can help me articulate it better. Uh, so in the past, technology was adopted through control of the distribution of the endpoint, which was the corporate buyer, because most people access their tech via work, via the corporate desktop that was provisioned by a corporate IT. And so that was the key control point. Today, obviously, that doesn't work. That's completely broken down. People choose platforms for themselves, and then they get adopted as corporate standards whether that's the open source thing that someone chooses, whether that's the little cloud thing someone spins up with their credit cards as a proof of concept, and then it gets adopted through purchasing. Uh, Slack was a major beneficiary of this. Most people started out with a free Slack with their friends and then gradually became the company thing that got paid for. But I do wonder whether we're going to a new phase now. And once again, theme of the podcast, low code, no code, the API economy, that's democratized tech to the point that line of business, non-developers, non-IT people can root around uh, the sorts of people who just want to play with the latest cool tech that get excited about something that's on these uh, Amazon keynotes and just have a job to be done and want to do it. And that's where you go from Slack being all modular. Yeah, you can plug anything in here. Look, here's the API endpoint. Just write a little bit of code versus Teams, which says you have everything in one box. There's one bill. You've got your document collaboration, you've got your email, you've got your video chat. What else do you need? And there was a really interesting post by the CEO of Box, uh, Aaron Levy, who went into that, so I'll put that in the show notes. And I do wonder whether Amazon is still stuck in that uh, yesterday's mode and is missing out on the next step. It's, their stuff is not easy to consume. They have uh, 13 options for whatever you want to do, figuring out how you want to get to, to your goal is not always obvious. So it's, it's. I mean, we're still talking about the consumerization of tech, right? And totally. I think, and if you think about Microsoft, I mean, we don't, ha- in our personal lives, we don't have too much Microsoft in our personal lives. We don't have like, you know, I hate to say it, but there's not many people that are personally buying a Surface or uh, any type of Microsoft tech. I think the only thing that people really Xbox. have in their house. Yeah, Xbox is the only thing. That's exactly where I was going, right? Um, so if you look at it, you know, Amazon, I'm, I'm buying stuff from them. I'm 
you know, there's a relationship and that relationship carries a lot of value. And that relationship then carries over into, hey, you know, like I really trust Amazon. I'm going to look at AWS for that. And I think that consumerization drives some users to AWS uh, really organically. Uh, and, and that's where potentially Microsoft is is missing out. Even Google has a stronger relationship with us, I, I, with the consumer, like, from a consumer perspective than Microsoft does. And that's potentially something that Microsoft needs to, to think about as they move forward because Xbox is, is Xbox. It's not really seen as, as, as a, a Microsoft play, you know? Yeah, like LinkedIn and GitHub. People kind of forget. Who the overall, yeah, and it's yeah, the power of, of big data sets there. Let's not even get there. So yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. I mean, it, it is what it is. But yeah, it's been interesting also. The other interesting thing, which is non-tech at all, but um, so I work for an Amazon partner, so I attended the partner's keynote as well to see if they said anything about us or anything that would be relevant. Turns out, no. <laughs> there were no Amazon tech partners mentioned. It was all about Amazon consulting. So what they're doing is, for those who don't know, Amazon has a marketplace where you can purchase uh, third-party solutions, not just Amazon's own services. And it's nice and it's seamless and you can use your Amazon credits and everything. Um, and now you're going to be able to also procure services, consulting services through uh, a very similar or even identical mechanism. I'm not entirely clear on that. But uh, that's going to benefit from some of the same strengths. You're going to have someone in there who benefits from being blessed by Amazon. They, you assume they're at least somewhat trustworthy because they were in the program. They've been validated in some way. You can procure them, uh, in inverted commas, you can procure their services uh, through this approved mechanism. You don't have to go back to procurement, get a new vendor onboarded, which could be very complex. Uh, so once again, Amazon positioning themselves as this <laughs> choke point in the relationship between the corporate so, buyer. You know, that is genius on so many levels. So oh, yeah. And, 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 and you're right. Like, you don't need to go back to procurement. That's right. It will show up on my Amazon bill. Oh, so I can just take these services. I don't need approval from anyone in an organization. And off we go to the races. That, done that's and like, done. <laughs> yeah. And that's so that's like strong point number one. Strong point number two is like, Okay, so third parties are going to list their technical resources that you can use. You're going to, you know, and I, so I, I have a relationship with a, a partner and I typically buy hardware from them and he sells me professional services. Now it's like I have the relationship right with AWS. They tell me like, use this partner, you pay us, you don't pay them. They have all the data, they're taking in all the revenue. What's stopping them from eventually cutting off a partner? Or just with all the data, you know who the best people are. You know who the best partners are. Here is my acquisition strategy. Am I going to steal their people and just get better? Or am I going to buy them out? I mean, this is like like in, in a chess game, this is like checkmate. And I, I don't know, are all the channel partners falling for this? I This is a trap. I mean, that, that's the way I see it. This is this has trap written all over it. You know, somebody that, is, that has lived in the channel a little bit, yeah, wake up. It's it's over. Wake up, guys. I mean, some of these traditional <laughs> channel people, wake up. Wake up now, right? Yeah, it's one of those but, things but, that's going to be good for the small players because it's asymmetrical. And anyone who's an existing... Actually, it's probably fine for the big players as well. The Accentures of this world will probably be fine also through through that channel. Uh, but anyone who's in the middle is big enough to matter, but not big enough to dominate. Uh, they are going to have some pain. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's going to move to bigger and bigger uh, 
relationships. You, you know what? The other thing that Amazon is missing is like an Avanade. Like, I, I don't know if you guys deal at all with Avanade, but Avanade is like the uh, the combined company of like Accenture and Microsoft. So they push a lot of Microsoft on companies, but they do it really well. I mean, I think this is an opportunity with their announcement for somebody to say like, all right, let's find the best AWS people. Let's start a, a company and we focus on execution and, and we're going to execute everything perfectly for people. And then you become the go-to on this this marketplace. I mean, eventually, you know, you reap the benefits too and, and you got some great people. I, I think there's going to be opportunities and there's going to be uh, companies that are born out of that uh, just because Amazon's um, giving them the the opportunity to. It's, it's kind of like their, um, their logistics play, right? I mean, they, you know, they offer people to start logistics companies and it's kind of the same. I mean, they take the model everywhere, right? Turn a cost into a profit. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. but here's the thing though. I've spent time not in the channel, but with the channel. And one of the mechanisms that you see over and over again is someone works for a large consultancy and they become the go-to person for something or for one particular account. Uh, so either they become the technical guru in their immediate region, or they just know that particular account very well. And then they go set up on their own and take the relationship with them. That's what Amazon breaks. There's no one-to-one -one relationship. If you're in the Amazon services portal as big consultancy employee number one, two, three, and you leave and you set yourself up as small consultancy, there's no link. There's no way that your past customers can easily find you. It's, That's very uh, interesting. That's very interesting. You're right, Dominic. I mean, as somebody who was, uh, you know, an engineer SE for years, in the channel, you build those relationships and you just, you take those with That's you. That's a lot of your value. value. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, that's an interesting perspective I wasn't thinking about, but that's that's a good point. Is this also anything to do with maybe the gig economy and, and what's going on lately and everybody talking about that? Now, if you're, what if you are one of those individual, um, you know, uh, consultants? Yeah, it's another avenue for you, perhaps. So this might be good for that. I, I don't know. It's um, it's one of those things that's good for probably good for individuals in the short term and it's bad for the markets in the long term and uh, we'll see no no that it, it is an interesting take and it's again it's it's them taking a model from someplace else and and just implementing it here i think it's yeah it, it, we need to see how this evolves because it could be really big it could hurt a lot of people but i think overall for the individual it's going to be great i was going to ask one last question for both of you because i'm curious um is amazon stuck in the middle what i mean is a lot of their announcements are on ec2 and it's all around compute are, are they stuck as are they an infrastructure as a service kind of trying to uh, hide themselves and shield themselves or or present themselves as something else and let me let me just say, oh, no, I you know, they, I've they, heard very they, little about infrastructure. I mean, they mentioned the Graviton. I mean, every, everything, they, everything they talk about is compute. Everything they're talking about. Nah. Are you kidding me? Come on. Everything nah, they're talking been... about with containers. And now they're talking I'll about, you. you know, the I'll tell you, reinvent. Well, if you count databases infrastructure, then yes. But well, I didn't finish. <laughs> I didn't finish. But OK, go ahead. No, but that's what I'm saying. I've heard very little talk of you know EC2. They mentioned they have these new instances, but it's, it's always in the service of something else. The containers, yeah, okay. Um, again, the marketplace reaction appears to be in a bit of a shrug uh, about certainly parts of that. The, the EKS, uh, so ECS and the EKS <laughs> announcements, which everyone's getting confused, but uh, it's not clear. But I mean, next week, we still have more to go, right? It's a three-week event. So there's the machine learning keynote on Tuesday. There is an infrastructure keynote on Thursday, 
uh, there's there's more to come, more and more and more. Most of what I've heard talk of has been services. They're talking about application services, database services, machine learning stuff, Internet of Things. So Andy Jassy spent a bunch of time on these Internet of Things uh, devices. Well, I mean, Microsoft's not out there talking about, you know, compute instances. They're not out there talking about, you know, um, I, I just think it's a different conversation. It goes back to what Mike was saying earlier. So what I was going to try to finish by saying is that I, I just I almost wonder what their identity is and if they're trying to still find that. And I think right now it's definitely focused on the DevOps community. If you look at their container discussion and from what I understand, talking about, you know, X percentage of the marketplace, you know, runs, you know, eight containers, AWS. And if you look at what they're talking about, you know, obviously the database is a smart place between the application and where they want to be. So, you know, it's, it's in the way of getting to the application. So I understand that. Uh, but I'm just saying that I just wonder if there's a little bit of a identity crisis here. I mean, you know, again, 500 plus, you know, product names. And it's just, uh, to me, it just, as I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You, you know, but I, I think Andy Jazzy is setting that up, right? I think the keynote, you could see they're pivoting away from, from that. But what, and, and it's going to take multiple years to pivot away from this uh, reputation they have or this, like the perception that we all have of them. But I think what's clear and what I hear a lot of is they talk a lot about IaaS, they talk a lot about. Uh, PIAs, right? So it's infrastructure as a service, it's platform as a service. They don't talk so much about software as a service, right? Like, like you refer to to Microsoft, and that and that always they never talk about SaaS, right? So so that always sticks to them. And then the uh, the the other thing is like if they're not talking about SaaS, they're they're sticking to the base. The, the, the rock bottom kind of value proposition to everybody, which I don't know is where everybody wants to be. So it's it's interesting. And then I don't know if they've said this before, but okay, they, they didn't use the term multi-cloud, but they have started to use the term hybrid. And they started to use the term hybrid a little more and more, which means, what, are we at max growth now when we're, you know, we're happy with some of the business instead of all of the business? Because it's been a land grab capture, but to start to use the term hybrid, is it that, hey, I want to come on prem with you? Or is it that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll integrate. I mean, it's, it's interesting, but from the database announcement, maybe it is, maybe they're, they're going to be happy with part of the business rather than all of the business, which is uh, a, a major a kind of um, take back from where they, they were before. And the visions are different. Let, let's, let, let's all agree on the different visions. I mean, you said this earlier, Mike, Satya has got a different vision and he's executing. And, you know, AWS, I mean, the minutes, you know, Jassy and, and AWS, I mean, somebody at that level is throwing stones and making comments on a keynote on your biggest stage of the year against Microsoft. Yeah, that, that says a lot. Uh, you don't see Satya out there doing that. He's just executing. So it's that old adage, right? There's two different approaches, right? You can attack and, and be bold and arrogant, in my opinion, or you can take the other approach and that's just out execute your competition. Right now, I think Microsoft's out, out executing them. That's my opinion. I think I tend to agree. But yeah, there was a statement by Andy Jassy who was very explicit. I don't remember if this is verbatim or if I summarized in my notes, but he said, use the platform with the broadest and deepest set of tools. Avoid the complexity of many different services from different providers. That doesn't quite sound like he's embracing multi-cloud. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. What, what it means is we'll put the box on-prem and you can run your ECS anywhere. So you can run your ECS on-prem and we'll manage it all through uh, an Amazon control plane. Uh, 
I don't think he's recognizing the other clouds at all, except as I would like to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 arrogance. It'll catch up to them eventually, and uh, you know, it's when the users will, or, or their their biggest advocates will start to question some of the things they're doing is when it'll get uh, interesting. So it, it's it's not all praise anymore, and and it's starting to turn. It's starting to turn. That's that's the way I see it. I mean, and partly, and going back to the question with the numbers at the beginning, that's the curse of size, right? Uh, once you have very large numbers, it's hard to post the same growth rate increases legitimately. That was the thing that Apple always got dinged on. I, you have such a huge slice of the market, it's very hard to grow 100% from there. Um, so legitimately, there is some of that. And there is also some of the, oh, you're too big, therefore I don't like you regardless. So I certainly have a tendency to like the underdog and I have to watch out for that <laughs> commenting on this stuff. But uh, this, I don't know whether it was just the remoteness that we didn't get to be all pumped up by being in Vegas, but there was definitely a feeling out there of just a little bit tired with Amazon. There's uh, a lot going on and people feel it's maybe too much. By the way, uh, let me give a, a shout out here to Apple because I, you know, Apple, when they have an announcement to make, they, they set up a, a con- I mean, they have their big developer conference, but when they have an announcement to make, they, they set up a, they, they send out a press release. Everybody gets really excited. It happens within two or three hours. You can rewatch it. Everybody rewatches it. Everybody's excited. And then, and then we go off and we do our thing. And the next time they're going to do it is whenever they send you out like a, an announcement again. It's not like, yeah, we're going to do this for three weeks and tell you all our products. I, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but everybody's going to move to that model. And yeah, maybe we'll be back at the, the Venetian for reInvent, but I don't know that that actually happens in, in the future. And the, these companies, it's because their announcements are are so minuscule in, in the overall that they can't do what Apple does, but they, they need to somehow generate enough excitement that people will, will do it. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's always a gold standard there. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll report back after another week of reInvent, Joy. <laughs> well, Dominic, in the meantime, since you're not in Vegas, do you at least put some uh, flashing lights up while you're watching this and maybe like a, a Vegas sign? <laughs> or do you have anything like that going on? Yeah, so what I did is I poured a bunch of beer on the floor under my desk so it would be nice and sticky. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some lit cigarettes going on over in the corner to get me that Vegas ambience. Yeah, and then you, and you just leave it there, right? And smell it the next morning. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm there, there. Now I'm in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we should probably leave it there. But uh, yeah, check in with us again and we'll report in with uh, next week's uh, reinvent shenanigans or at least uh, we'll try to do at least an end of show report if it ever ends. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. Catch up with everything we've been up to on Twitter at Roll4Enterprise with a number four or on the LinkedIn page. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Yeah, thanks, everyone.